Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to this week's episode of A Little Wiser, where we are going to talk about me being triggered. (laughs) (laughs) Is the theme of the episode. And here to co-host me in this conversation about me being triggered is my dear friend, Christy Peterson. Hi, Christy. Hi, friend. So normally we look at the episode, we pull out a lesson, and then you share with us what you know about that lesson and we give some tips and tricks to bring it into people's lives. But in looking at last week's episode with Sheila Hamilton, we decided instead just to talk about me being triggered every time bipolar disorder comes up because last week's episode was about bipolar disorder. So are you game to interview me about being triggered? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, is the answer. I'm here. All right. Well, what, first of all, what did you think of the episode? And I'm going to let you run the show on this conversation since I'm a little bit the subject of the material. Oh boy. Okay. So I'm going to put on my journalist hat. Well, I thought it was a great interview. And I will tell you though, as I was listening to it, and maybe it's because we had a conversation about it before I actually listened to the episode, but I was feeling actually quite, I'm going to use the word tender, but tender towards you, where I was just thinking about you and wondering how it must be to be interviewing Sheila about being married to a person with bipolar and you having bipolar. And I will tell you, I was, I was feeling like, I don't know. Yeah. Kind of precious <laughs> about it towards you or protective. There was just a piece that I, I just, yeah, that's it. So for anyone who hasn't listened, last week's episode was with Sheila Hamilton and Sheila lost her husband, David, to suicide shortly after he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. He was undiagnosed and not well, very mentally ill, living with bipolar disorder and lost his life to mental illness by suicide. And so we talked about what it means to love somebody who's who's mentally ill and certainly in the case of Sheila, also she was raising a daughter with him. So her daughter lost her father to a mental illness as well. And in this case, the mental illness is bipolar disorder, which is a diagnosis that I share. So yes, it was really interesting. And it isn't the first time in the podcast that I have interviewed somebody else about their experience. I interviewed Kevin Hines, who survived jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge. And Kevin lives with bipolar disorder and really severe suicidal ideation. He's incredible. If you haven't heard him speak, he's he's really phenomenal. And I also interviewed Joshua Walters on the episode who is living with bipolar disorder. And Erica Gerard, the producer of the podcast, who many people have heard of Erica, she listens to the interview. We work on the scripts together. So she listens to it. We have a transcript. And then she sends me her notes. And then she's always really direct about what she her experience was in the interview, right? So I kind mm-hmm. of know when I get her email how the interview landed. Because she's either like, 
wow, you crushed it. Or maybe there's- Yes, that's right. I remember you shared that. Or like, it's just sort of like silence. Yeah, it's just kind of like email crickets. Like, here's the script. Yeah. Yeah. And um, which is great, right? It's actually really helpful. And in this, the first thing she said was exactly what you just said, Christy. She felt really protective of me listening to the interview. She's like, this Mm -hmm. must have been, was this triggering for you? Which is, she also has great editorial instincts, which is why I thought to have this conversation and to share it with, with everyone who's listening. You know, she suggests title episodes. We go back and forth. And one of her uh, episode titles in the list was Kimmy is not Carrie from Homeland. <laughs> 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 so she's, she's also funny really too. funny. Yes, she's funny too. <laughs> so that kind of yeah, that's that's maybe a good a good starting point. So as you're playing the role of curious journalist, yeah. So what makes you when you say Kimmy's not Carrie from Homeland? What part of that interview made you feel like I need to make this clear? that I'm not? Or what did that bring up for you? Because we both have laughed about it and you actually did say it in the episode. But what about that sort of hit that tender spot? I think I brought up Carrie from Homeland several times talking about my experience (laughs) because it was such a popular show, a show Mm. that I loved and watched every single episode. And it was in the cultural zeitgeist. And the main character in the storyline was about a woman living with bipolar disorder. And so I think that was a quick, easy, accessible portrayal. Mm-hmm. And when I was thinking about the risks, the cost benefit, right, mm-hmm. of sharing that I have a mental illness that most people don't understand what the realities of it are for good or for bad, right? Mm-hmm. that I couldn't control how people experience that or what association or label. And I think, especially for me, since I'm so visual, I thought, okay, well, if I share this piece of myself, people may think, you know what I mean? Like I'm... Carrie from Homeland. I'm Carrie from Homeland. Yeah. Or I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, rocking back and forth, you know, in an alley every other yeah. day. Like, why is it a risk worth taking, right? Well, there's not mm-hmm. going to be examples if nobody talks about it and nobody talks about it because nobody wants people to think they're crazy. Nobody wants mm-hmm. people to think, <laughs> you know, so it's like a kind of a chicken. Yeah. Chicken and egg. A chicken mm-hmm. and egg thing. Yeah. And I even find myself like coming from a place of like empowered and talking about it that I am so grateful for my decision and for my finding the courage and for my having the outlet of this podcast to share it and to kind of let it go and let it out in that way because it has been such a gift to me. But I also feel sometimes I can hear myself trying to control the message or get insecure in the Mm. message. And and like, you know, people are bringing it up and I'll be like, and you know, many CEOs and they believe that Winston (laughs) Churchill. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. Okay. So for you, part of being triggered is this feeling of people are going to get another idea about what bipolar is or is not, and you can't necessarily control the message of what they're hearing or what is it about? Like going back to just when you started, like, what is the part? Yeah. I mean, in this, you know, even around my kids the other day, we're talking about a girl that had gone to elementary school and they were in the backseat talking about something, some, a girl that I remembered from, you know, whatever, when they were younger. And I said, yeah, it's really sad. And 
apparently she's really struggling. And I said, what happened? And they were talking and one of the other girl goes, well, you know, her mom is mentally ill, so she can't really Mm. take care of her. So anyways, which is, there are many, many, many people, right? Who their mental illness- Struggle with mental illness. Struggle with mental illness, right? And it looks in like lots of different ways, but I live with bipolar disorder. That is a truth. There is also a truth that I'm a, a loving and engaged, you know, yes. responsible mother, right? Yeah. yeah. And so it's hard because with mental health and brain health, right? I think there can be an assumption that it kind of bleeds into everything, right? There's a separation of who you are as a person and your mental health. They I think they are two different things. Like my soul, my being, my characteristics, my values, mm-hmm. my integrity are separate from that. But then it is fuzzy because there's parts of my brain health, or in in this case, the disease of my brain that actually do impact my personality, I don't think I would create this podcast or I would have worked probably in films or television without the bipolar piece of my brain. I think it's very clear to me that it gives me a certain like energy and I don't know, it's kind of hard to explain like where you suss it out. Yeah, no, I get that. But it's funny because as you're saying that, I'm thinking, "Mm, is that true? I'm not sure that's true. Except for, because the one piece I hear you saying is that it is a part of who you are and it is, there's a piece of that, that it's like the secret sauce to your creativity. And I think maybe that's true and it's also not true. Yeah, that's true. I Well, hello, we don't know, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing, Yeah. Maybe I just want to put a positive spin on it. (laughs) Yes. Well, I feel like that's fair. I mean, if if we starting with the episode title of Kimmy's Not Carrie from Homeland, it's not that there's a very positive portrayal out there about bipolar. You know, I haven't seen enough episodes of Homeland to say, is it just whether it's all negative or all positive or some mix in between there? But I don't know that there are a lot of really positive examples of people who are living with bipolar who can really honestly showcase both. Here's this thing that is part of who I am. It doesn't define me, but it certainly impacts me. And it brings the good and the bad or the challenge. I don't want to say good, bad, because that feels too binary, but like, it feels like it has some great qualities and it also has some real struggles. Yeah. And I think everybody, you know, I just remember watching that show and like, they would you know, name the medication. It was the medication I was taking. They talked about it a lot. Mm. And there were parts of that show that was, she was, you know what I mean? She was like, oh, yeah. No, I have a, yeah. Yeah. No, I have a general feeling that she was not a stable person. Yeah. Per se, I would say. But um, it's funny because it was you were talking. So is there a piece when you were just sharing the example of the girls being in the back and they're saying, oh, you know, her mom has a mental illness and that does it, does it, when we were talking about, bipolar, when you're talking about, you know, what, during your interview, is there a piece that you feel like it triggers the feelings of fear? Could that be me? Will that be me? Or is it purely like, yes, that's true. And... No, I think it's more fear of... I had that fear when I was first diagnosed. I yeah. mean, I don't have that fear 20 plus years into living with this. I think that's such an important thing to hear, for others to hear. Yeah. I think my fear yeah. is how people labels or nobody wants to, I don't know, feel, you know, labeled or be viewed through. It just feels kind of... Limiting? Limiting? Is that what Yeah. And and then it's, you know, like anything, you layer other thoughts onto it. I am wise and smart enough to know that people, 
actually aren't worried about me. <laughs> They're worried about their own lives, right? Yes. And their own shame or health or suffering or Whatever's happening in whatever lives, is happening yes. in their own life. So I yes. am not a narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> I am aware that people are not, you know, talking, worried about my mental health. But this is, I think, an honest and fair conversation because we all have things we're ashamed of and we all were, you know, to some extent have thoughts and insecurities about how people perceive or experience us. And especially when something that you've largely been not told blatantly, but hidden in shame and secrecy. For sure. And I think your point, there are two things that just came to mind as you were talking, is that you can't control the narrative. You can't control how when you share this piece of who you are, how's it going to land with people? What are they going to think? What sort of assumptions are they going to make? And that, I think, like anytime we put something out into the world, like our art, our writing, or this very vulnerable piece of who we are, there is a part that's just... Yeah, it's it's scary. You can't you can't know how it's gonna land or what people are gonna take from it. So And there's the other piece where I had a really interesting back and forth with the listener. There's this other piece and even having this conversation and talking about Carrie or mm-hmm. sort of distancing myself from David's behavior in the episode with Sheila, sort of quietly wanting the listener to know, oh, that's that's not me. You know, I'm mm, not gonna I'm not yeah. gonna I'm not gonna go off into the to, you know, to the forest yes. and not come back. Like trying to like, it's kind of hard to explain. No, I get it. No, I mean, I understand that your words, it's like you're trying to, you you have a feeling that you want to distance yourself from that behavior, even though you two share something in common. You know, I think it's probably layered and complex, but it's one of the reasons it was a, it was something that led to him doing this thing. And so I can see wanting to distance yourself from that. Yeah. And, and, you know, I also had um, back and forth with a listener in France who was emailing me from a psychiatric ward. And she was kind of frustrated with my talking about bipolar disorder. She's like, I'm in a psychiatric ward. Like, I am not well. And so my experience, right, is I have been able to manage and, and live a pretty healthy <laughs> abundant life, right? My life, like every other person on the planet is imperfect and flawed. And there's lots of moments of, you know, suffering and pain. There's also a lot of joy and healthy relationships and meaningful work. And, and so that's like, it's, it's also this dance too, of like, to be able to talk about it, but honor the spectrum of it. Right. Yeah. And that was a really, you know, we went back and forth and it was really important for me to hear her. Um, and I'm glad I'm remembering that story now and bringing it up because there has to be sensitivity on that too. So I guess maybe the educational net net of anything, not unlike people you know, living with cancer or anything else, is there is a really big spectrum, right? Yeah. Of what these things look like yes. and yeah. how they show up in people's lives. So there's all sorts of different points and places on, and that it's not linear, right? My mental health, depending, you know, has looked very different at different times, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's sort of this idea that like, there's, <laughs> there's just no one bipolar experience. So what would you, if you had your listeners as they listen to the podcast, what is something you would like people to know? That I am not Carrie from Homeland. (laughs) Oh my God. I feel like I just so magically teed that up. (laughs) See that she's funny. You're funny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 
<sighs> Gosh. Yeah. Well, at least you can laugh about it. Do you have anything you're triggered by? <laughs> oh my God, I'm triggered by so many things. So many things. So like there's not a ubiquitous experience of living with bipolar is what I hear from you. And it feels frustrating. I feel like I'm hearing these two pieces of like, I want to talk about it. I want to have people hear about it, but I also want to make sure like the narrative is something that feels comfortable for me and doesn't make me feel too, I don't know if comfortable is the right way, but wanting to kind of control that because it's impactful on you and also wanting to make sure that you show the full spectrum and honor all the different experiences. So yeah, I just, I see it as really a complex thing. Yeah. Do you think one other question I had is in your own experience, like as a person who does not have bipolar, does not have a bipolar diagnosis, have there been different parts of your own life and experience where people did ask the question or they did offer that support that was really meaningful or changed the direction of your life? Because that was one of the things that I heard listening to Sheila talk about her experience with David. And I understand too, again, I'll say your your experience by bipolar is very different than David's experience or Carrie's experience or whoever else's. But one of the things as I was listening to it is like, oh, I want to make sure I am one of those people that asks, hey, I noticed that you were... She tells that story about how he was walking towards her and his body how he was holding his body, mm-hmm. the energy, and that she, looking back, wished she would have said like, hey, what, what happened there? I just saw a massive shift in you when you saw me. Or, you know, so I'm just wondering if there is, I don't know if there's advice you can give on that or what your thoughts were in your own experience. Do you, you don't remember like when we were creating the course, like I, I, w- I had went through a depression last year and there yes. were several days where you just said, I don't think we should. Yeah. You just said, I don't think we should work today. I think you need to take care of yourself. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, you've known me since I was, you know me so well. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember that with like, it like kind of makes me want to tear up thinking about how much you know me and how much you love me. Because I remember we had something we were doing and it was a deadline and you just saw me on Zoom and you said, I think you just need to take care of yourself today. Yeah. So. I remember. Okay. Yeah. So that's just being... Because I do love you and I feel so protective of you. Yeah. As I do. And let me just say, I feel so protective of you as my friend who has bipolar, not because you have bipolar. Yeah. And that feels like a really important distinction. Yeah. And my, and my you know, depressive episodes were, in general, I, I haven't struggled as much with those. I think those for whatever reason, maybe hormonally have been more lately, but like you've been a friend to me, uh, an incredible friend to me, an incredible partner in me, even in, you know, co-creating these, some of these stuff and like realizing when I just need to like take care of myself. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I'm glad to hear that. But now I need to do a song and dance and say, I'm not depressed right now. (laughs) No one worry about me. (laughs) Is there any question? Actually, I'm going to ask you, is there any question that I that I could ask you that you would wish want me to ask you as we're having this conversation about No, it's it. actually good to talk aloud about it because now that I'm talking about being triggered, I've decided I don't want to be triggered. <laughs> I've yes. decided that my point of liberation would just be to talk about it with great yeah. honesty and not give an F what anyone thinks and accept the fact that I cannot control how anybody yes. else experiences me, nor is it any of my business. No, but I think that's, I mean, I don't think that you're unusual in that way. I will speaking for myself. I think again, so often it's so hard for us to put our stuff out into the world because 
We want to make sure it lands the way we intended it to land. So if we say, you know, whatever it is that we do, that people hear it the way we intended it to be heard, but we can't, you know, you can't. So I think that's right. Just putting it out there, doing your very best to talk about it in this honest way. And I, I will say too, I feel like you've been really clear for a very long time that part of your mission or purpose, your why, is to start to have really honest conversations about bipolar and mental illness. And you can only do that, as you've often said to me, you can only do that by actually talking about it and putting it out there. That's true. Yes. And that comes with inherent risk. Yeah. Inherent. Yeah. Yeah. To go back to the fact that you are an academic who reads books, unlike me, (laughs) You can cite research and studies. God, I'm getting scared. What are you going to ask me? I just Am I ready? No, I just want to know and just <laughs> high level advice because I do think lots of people get triggered by all sorts of things, right? Because everybody's mm-hmm. got something. Yes. I am not a mental health professional and reading books does not make me qualified to offer advice around somebody who is truly triggered about stuff. But what I can say... I can offer from my perspective as a person who, who, when I do feel triggered, I think a huge piece of it is going back to something we talk about often, which is that awareness around it. What am I feeling? Why am I feeling it? And coupling that with some very good care of yourself. So, I mean, look at you right now, just in the course of this conversation, how are you feeling around, we started with like, when we talk about bipolar and when I interview people about bipolar, I start to feel triggered. How are you feeling now having had a conversation about it? I genuinely am feeling less like I care as much. Yeah. As much. Yeah. 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 I don't think the goal is ever, I mean, when it's something, again, the word triggering means that you're having a, a bigger response yeah. to whatever it is that the subject, you know, whatever the topic is. And so I don't know that the end goal can ever be that you are, have zero response to it, nor, nor am I sure that we want it to be. But I just think as practical, in practical terms, like when you do feel triggered by something, it's taking a moment to recognize it, to feel into it, to feel into your body, to, you know, talk to another person about your feelings. Because I think also in the conversation, we can sort it out. Where's the feeling coming from? Why do I feel this way? What are some things that I can do in order to accept how I'm feeling? With all this said, this is just, you know, you do with a friend or you do with a coach, not if it's if it's that next level piece, then you do need to, you know, it's important that people reach out and get help, qualified help. Or you could make a mini podcast episode about yes. it. <laughs> well, this is interesting. This kind of feels like therapy because I'm going to tell our listeners if next time they feel triggered or if they feel triggered listening to us. They can just call me. We'll yes. just talk about it. <laughs> We'll put on some headphones, have a conversation, and then broadcast it to a large audience. And I promise they'll feel better. Yes, I think I think I would highly recommend it because I feel better than I did 33 minutes ago when we started recording this. <laughs> so I think talking about when you feel triggered, this has been helpful. I'm, I'm hoping very much so that it is helpful to people listening and not just myself, but I want to thank you because it is helpful to me. And I hope that I continue to not care less is the wrong word, but I do, I will continue to have conversations about mental health, my own mental health and the mental health of other people on this podcast and on stages and hopefully in lots of other places and rooms. Yeah, And so I think the more 
comfortable and in the moment and present I can be every time I'm having those conversations, whether they're about me or somebody else, the better off and the more of service I can be. So thank you for playing a part in that today, Christy. You're so welcome. When you said, I'll I'll care less, I don't want to care less. And I was thinking, it's like you want to care differently. Yes. I think what you just summed up is what, what that might look like for you. And thank you for being a great friend and partner to me. Yeah. I love you, friend. Love you, too. That sounded really weird. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Can we call this episode Giggle? Giggle Fest? (laughs) Giggle Fest 2022. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Matching bumper stickers. We had them. We did. (laughs) Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.